Inside LAFC, we have arrived at our fifth podcast here, and uh, we are wrapping up the first month of the season in Major League Soccer, and we're wrapping it up in a spectacular fashion, much the same way we started it. And uh, at this point, I think it's important to say, because I think other podcasts do it, so we're going to do the same. First of all, we made maybe a little different sound, and we're in a different room here today. Correct. But uh, please subscribe, share with your friends, certainly with LAFC, as uh, we bring a unique perspective, a part of a great podcast family that we have here at LAFC, and uh, a very exciting weekend coming up. So subscribe, leave comments. We'll read the comments, right? We do. Questions we can answer as well. So there it is. Yeah, I think sooner or later we can probably tie in some kind of mailbag segment, but definitely subscribe. Uh, you'll be able to get our podcast, Walker's podcast. Uh, where it is, there's a third podcast coming up with another player. So it's keep podcast an eye out for that. Palooza. So separate players with a different podcast. I want to give a, a shout out. I know Chris. Chris does which podcast? Uh, shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. I'm sorry, Chris. He reached out to me uh, for some difficulties you may have seen on our YouTube TV broadcast, and I helped fix it, and I appreciate that. So oh, that's good. Everyone helping out in the big picture, and so also many great people as well. Uh, I'm Max Bredas, um, broadcaster for LAFC on YouTube TV, and Vince LaRosa, as we all know, here for LAFC.com. And we're wrapping up a, a spectacular week. So here we are. We're going to go into April, and as it stands, LAFC are have the most points in Major League Soccer. Not everyone's played four games, Correct. it's worth mentioning, but that's something uh, that is very cool. And we'll talk more about this Real Salt Lake game, but here we are, and life's, you know, energy is good here at the Performance Center, and certainly practice, morale is high, and now everyone's coming back together. I saw Bob Bradley today, and he was in a very good mood. It's always nice when you see Bob and he's in a good mood. It's, it, he's one of those types of people, and I'm not saying that Bob is ever always in a bad mood, but when he's, when you know he's in a good mood, it raises everyone's spirits. Um, I can I guarantee it's going to be a lively session out there, both you know intense, but also just it's fun. He's he's fun when he's in a great mood, and I think clearly he, the work's being put in too, and that's what's making it fun, and it's the, the execution. Yeah, if the, if the guys weren't putting in putting in the right job and weren't getting it done, he, I, his spirits would be different. But because they're at where they're at, and the work continues to pr improve, I mean, one of the one of the coolest things Bob ever told me was early last season, I, I asked him, you know, are you seeing improvement every week? He said, that ne never happens. Never happens. Never happens. There's dips. It's, it's never linear events. And, and I'm going to tell you this from my perspective, from every single place I've gone and the most successful teams even I've been with, never linear. So I'm sure that there's been, it seems like there's been improvements. You know, we were going to talk a little bit more about the game. There was a, there's been a bit of a lull, but yeah. yet there's and still And I read your, your takeaways and... Uh, uh, and I'm glad you gave Real Salt Lake their due credit because I think people watched the game and were saying, is this uh, it, is it game killing? In some cases, yes, and there's by necessity for that team. Uh, but they, some kids out there did pretty well. I mean, there's kids making, there were six homegrown players. There were MLS players, I think three or four, making their professional debut. So it's a unique circumstance that they had to deal with. Uh, and they almost got it. Do you think the, the tenor and the morale would be great here? If Walker Zimmerman <laughs> had not hit that goal, how different would it have been? Uh, I think considerably. Night, I'm gonna say night and day. Man. Night and day. I mean, because it, it's one goal, and we know that it's all the big picture. But that one, I, I looked down, and the co there was this cathartic moment with the coaching staff. They had to be frustrated the way the game was going. It was pedantic, and you know, emptied the bench there. Used three substitutes, which Bob not generally does that often. I have to check the numbers. 
and, and then he's go, it's getting going, and then all of a sudden, bang, and I looked down at the coaches, and there was this huge embrace, so it was just, well, there, huge, right. it, that's why this goal is so big. There's the narratives, and um, we might be slightly guilty of that, too. I mean, everyone said, you know, RSL's coming in here, it's a revenge game, one. Two, we all looked at who was going to be out, and we said, oh, well, they've got to go for it. they got to, and the thing is, when you watch that game, so this is probably why the team was going to hate the narratives, because when you watch that game, you're thinking, oh, they're just not going for it. They're not trying. That's not yeah. the case. We all kind of got, and to your point in your article, too, we all got carried away. We're like, all right, this is lamb to the slaughter. And no, and Real Salt Lake, who saw in the playoffs, proved to be a challenging, I think because of that playoff win, they're probably more prepared to take LAFC with a little more confidence than they might other teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty surprised. Mike, Mike Pecky's teams are generally not very good away from home. Um, but one of the things that I overlooked, and I think a lot of people overlooked, is just how organized. He does prepare them well, at least. Now, whether they carry out that game plan or not, that's a different story. But it seems like every time they come into Bank California Stadium, they stick to their game plan. So when we're looking at this game, and if you do rewatch the game, I, I invite you to just watch how, just how organized RSL is. You've got to give them credit for what they came in to do. And, Especially and Bob, with all the kids. With all the kids. Day, yeah. And Bob said it. The hardest thing to do in any sport, whether you're LAFC, you're Real Madrid, you're Barcelona, you're Manchester City, is to break down an organized team that is disciplined and knows exactly what they're going to do. And if you rewatch that game, RSL comes out there, they say, okay, maybe, maybe we won't get as many attacks and or opportunities, but we're going to make sure that we're not going to get out of position, we're not going to get drawn out by the interchanges, and we're going to block the middle of the field. And so LAFC had to go in there and figure that out, and it's not for and lack of trying. they had the two... I mean, Kyle Beckerman, one of the best at a low block there. And then Everton, who was amazing at the beginning of the game, three minutes, had that little exchange with yeah. Rossi. He was like, get up. I go, once that happened, I was like, okay. Yeah, they, this, they is came, be, this is going to be feisty. Yeah, they came out and they made sure that LFC knew, like, hey, you know, we came to play. We're going to frustrate you from minute one. And they just they laid it out there. And I can't stress how difficult that is, too. And that's maybe one of the reasons why, at the end of the day, Walker was able to get that, that goal is because man, it's intense to have to defend that way for 90 plus minutes, right? You're just constantly kind of moving back and forth, jockeying. You're, you're trying to not give up too much space, but you're always just adjusting, adjusting, yeah. adjusting. And then, you know, luckily LFC moves, moves some pieces around and, and things come out. But again, I can't, I can't stress enough that this was not for lack of trying and, and you know, maybe we, got the, maybe we got the narrative wrong because it, it, it's difficult and it's difficult to break down a team that, that sits in a low block, that sits through centrally. I, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about this later. I think the midfield had some problems, um, and I, I'd like to maybe get into this later, but just to say. And it was a different midfield, and I think you'd be naive to say it wouldn't be issues when you have three guys normally, and then you have one guy who started two, one relatively new and one completely new to that 2019 LAFC midfield. Yeah, you bring Andre Horta in, he hasn't gotten to play yet, and then when he has had his minutes in preseason, hasn't been with Latif Blessing out there as another midfielder, so. If you're looking at a team and you're saying, here's how you're going to have to beat them because they're in a low block, well, you're going to have to pass quickly and you're going to have to be almost an organism, moving together all at the same time. Well, if you've never played together, you're not going to have those movements. So I think that's why at times Andre had to kind of pull wide and he was in different spaces than maybe Latif thought he was going to be, maybe then Atuesta thought he was going to be. So you can't expect them to all of a sudden have this telepathic connection, but that's almost kind of what you needed to get the job done, at least early in the game when... RSL was fresh, the ideas were in their head, they get that goal to kind of, when you get that goal and you're, you're thinking, okay guys, we're gonna come in here, it's gonna be difficult, we're gonna sit back, and then you get the, the goal to start the game, you're thinking, 
all right, maybe we could do this. That's yeah. definitely some levels up on your energy. I love Latif in this game, but he, he was buzzing around and they just in all these directions and he caught Salcedo on the back and led to the penalty in Real Salt Lake when they met March a year ago, got that early penalty and LAFC scored five goals. We mentioned on the broadcast, you know, again, kind of well, hoping the for the best. Right. You never know because, you, you know, the book says Real Salt Lake, after they allowed five goals, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get pummeled here today. Certainly on the road, where as you point out, are not very good. Um, so Latif was great, great other than that, in that first half. Second half, um, it was wait and wait and wait. Andre Horta, you'd like to see him get more minutes. If, if Lee Wynn getting healthy, uh, the international break closing, it's going to be tough, but you'd certainly like to see him there. He got, at least got some minutes there. He needed it to get some win in his sails. Just hoping he can continue progressing in that direction. And his best moments were when he was more direct. I think one of the things that if you would say on the downside was there was times where he, he became passive and I understand why he became passive. They really set up to have four or five guys right centrally in the midfield and that's LAFC's best moments came when they actually moved the ball around a little bit and then were able to find someone in that area. If you think about Diego's goal, Latif gets into an area centrally, they play out of that and then basically create some havoc. Diego gets in there, slips in the goal. Um, Andre's best moments are kind of overlapping or just running at the defense. But for me, yeah, he was, he was passive for a little bit. And again, that's a lot of what RSL is doing. That's a little bit of not knowing your teammates. So yeah, you, you want to look at him and say, like, get, get into those tight areas. You know, make sure that your, your first touch is clean. Have an idea. Um, he's going to need to get more minutes to do that, though. And he's going to need to get more time, not even just minutes, time on the training field. I mean, we got to, don't forget, He's really only come back to, he's probably maybe had less than a full week of actual training with the team. And so, that, you, you could see that. You yeah, know. It, was, it was evident and you could see his legs were kind of starting to wear a little bit. So Bob brought in some subs, but I would say this, the subs those, were great. those subs were fantastic. <laughs> Bob Bradley, we're not, I mean, that was, and again, using all three. And I wanted to talk to you about the, the standout performers. Maybe we start with the, the subs and we kind of work our way back. Yeah, I think, because I think you have to. Adrian Perez, just during the preseason, you could not take your eyes off him when he's on the field. There's this, there's this switch he hits, and he is like locked in, and mm -hmm. he, he's going at the action, and he is brave, and he is adventurous, but he's still very disciplined in everything he does. There's, it's a, I mean, I've seen a lot of players out there, and there's something very different about him that draws your attention. The one play I loved was the ball was rolling out to be a goal kick for El Salt Lake and he reaches around the defender and taps it to keep it in. Those are things that you don't see a lot. And that was like, and I, I, with all that energy he provided, and the other two guys certainly did it, and Hamelin had got involved on one of the most important goals. I hate to be hyperbolic, but one of the most important goals in LFC history because everything would be different right now if this was a tie. Not just because it was a tie, but because of the opponent you're tying. Instead, Correct. so this is a huge goal for Walker Zimmerman. But uh, that, I think that energy, you could see the guys feed off of it. And Javi Perez got his touches too. But I like all three of them. And Hamelainen looks like the raw guy that could be really good down mm -hmm. the road. But Adrian Perez looks like a guy that's gonna get a lot of playing time because he serves a purpose. And you saw it there, I think, on Saturday night. One of, one of the things I talked with- And a great the, story too, yeah. because of his local ties. He's an incredible story, indoor, you, you pull for him. Well, to kind of expand on that story, one of the things I talked about, the staff of the women, they're like, well, what do you guys like about Adrian? And they said, well, he tries stuff. And I said, okay, well, yeah, he tries I get, stuff. I get yes. that. I get that. But what else? And they said, well, you, you need to understand, yes, he was playing in the indoor soccer league. It is very different, but that's a professional environment. And the one thing that Adrian has that maybe a, a rookie coming out of college has, doesn't have is the ability to say, 
I went to training today, I did this, this worked, this didn't work, tomorrow's a new day, I'm gonna go again. He has that professional attitude, and that's what they really loved about him more than anything, was he had the mentality of a professional. Um, and that came directly from his time in the indoor soccer league. So when you say, you know, he looked great out there, he didn't, didn't look like he, you know. It, I, he's been prepared. I don't think right. it can be understated, he came in for Dio. Yeah. Like, you know who you're coming in for, yeah. and he's like, okay, Carlos, you, you go to the number nine, I'm gonna go do some work on the wing, and he just got to work. There was no, there was no lag. There was nothing like that. His mentality is great. Yeah, I think Javi. There was no. I mean, he just he went back there. He he Javi allowed Walker to get up for that play because Javi's back there with Edward and Eddie making a line of three, and he's spraying passes around. Uh, Nico in the post game press conference said he felt like he was being a little bit safe at first, and then realized I don't need to. I don't need to be safe. We need to get a win, and that's when he decided to take off and make that run. So. Yeah, I mean, these, these subs were fantastic, and the, the highest compliment you can pay to them is they came into a team that's now top of the table and looked like they belonged in that match and were not afraid to go out there and, and make the moment happen. They, they weren't there just to protect a point. Yeah. They were there to get three points. Look, I, I, I we'll be transparent here. We're not going to be super critical. The team, there's going to be some moments here where the team's going to struggle. It's going to happen here. Things aren't going to go the way they're going to get stoppage time winners all, all the time, and they will struggle. And we'll see it. And we know the guys, and we're 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 not here to crush them too much. Mm -hmm. But we will applaud them in things. And what the one thing is, what they have developed a bench here. And this is how you know you've got great coaching and uh, front office folks here because they're doing their homework and finding these guys. Because a lot of these guys are available. Javi Perez could have been picked. And I'm not saying Javi Perez is going to be this 200 appearance. MLS midfielder. And he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. But it's like you fit him his first spot. He goes, yeah, he, it worked. Uh, Peter Lee Vassell, same situation. He, he looks like a pro player with a lot of legs. Adrian Perez was there, brought in camp. I think he's going to stick around. And when you say he does things, it's amazing to me. And it's, I, I don't want to diminish it, but when players are here in, in a professional out, how few guys do things that are young or uh, for obvious reasons. Because it, but when you have a guy like that, it, says he's gonna he, he tries things and trial by error and he is aggressive that's kind of a rare commodity for a new player so but the overall I guess message is Nico Hamelin and developing young players in your system developing like an academy feel right mm -hmm. where you have these guys that say all right all of a sudden we have this academy it's not the case they found these guys and now they have these uh, young group players that they can use to develop for two three years down the road this is that doesn't that's done by hard work and i think the lac folks when you look at that with how they've been done with drafting and finding players it's off the charts you know i think you made a fantastic point the the academy is two to three years away from bringing us a possible professional and there's no guarantees of that anyways right. but what you you've said it makes perfect sense they're bridging the gap until that happens. So there's guys that are coming in here and they're in slots 25 through 30 on your roster where they don't, where one, you, you get you know, some salary kind of relief, some cap relief. Um, and that, yeah, that's the one thing that I, I think that kind of goes under the radar. That if there's one, you know, obviously we have a great product on the field. We have superstars in Carlos Vela. Um, we've had success. The stadium's fantastic. The, you know, uh, the crowd is fantastic. I don't think we applaud enough the, the talent identification. Because, That's, because it's hard. everyone says wants to say, oh yeah, you guys got Carlos Vela. Okay, that was a no-brainer, obviously. But I think even Diego Rossi in a way is yeah. and he's a superstar and he was playing for a great team in Peñarol, so not exactly, you know, a diamond in the rough, but they identified still that risk. player. Yeah, there's still risk involved, right? And they keep identifying players. 
and they're showing that not only can they identify those superstars where you're like, okay, no brainer, but like you said, Adrian Perez, Javi Perez, they're identifying the guys that's, that can do a job and that can do it well because there's a lot of guys that show up here and that have been here through camps and to no fault of their own, they've been solid. But at the end of the day, solid's not going to be good enough. Like we said, you got to try things. You're not here to fill out numbers, but then you got a coach here that sees that and mm -hmm. will reward it. You're at a different Case level. Case in point. Yeah, Bob, you're at a different level. Bob doesn't expect you to just be able to get by. You need to be able to win matches. Yeah. And you, we need guys that can push other guys to win matches. Right. Uh, for the rest of the players that stood out, obviously because of the goal, I think because of the defensive uh, Walker Zimmerman had that mistake in New York City FC. Well, it wasn't really on him. It's a team effort, but he was in the he was mm -hmm. in the the spotlight for that. To bounce back, I think he is your MVP. The goal more than anything else because of the immensity of that goal. I think uh, I think Bateshur came in and popped a real punch on that yep. right side, which was which was great. And he looked like a guy who missed the game and was ready to lay it all out oh, there yeah. and go like two hundred minutes if possible. Um, I thought Atuesta, not as good as we've seen in earlier games, but still ever-present. And I think to see him without Mark Anthony Kay, you'd see a different side of him where he, 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 he had to be at other places. It did all work perfectly. It was a tough matchup, but I think you've got to be optimistic about mm -hmm. that as well. And Diego Rossi for getting that goal and buzzing around, as, as we saw, answering the challenge for him not scoring last week. I think that's, those are the guys that, for me, stood out. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Quick on Edward, I think it's a different type of game, so you, yeah. you have to bring in a different type of skill set, but he was definitely the leader in that midfield who's trying to do he his was best everywhere. He was... to make things happen. I think I think he had like 111 passes in yeah. that match and was like it's over 80%, so he was he was great. Uh, yeah, great, great point on Walker. I think it's interesting the two guys that scored had bounce back games because Diego was invisible in New York um, and visibly frustrated even when he was subbed out, so good for him to get back in there and do that. And yeah, Beta, I mean, there's so many, so many things that Beta does, and uh, I, I saw something interesting, I, I can't remember who it was, but something on, somebody on Twitter put out kind of heat maps, a cool little new heat map, and Beta's heat map doesn't look like the traditional right back, and I think it's because Beta provides so much when the team is pressing forward, especially on a, a team like RSLs who are in a low block, and when we lose the ball, Beta's the, almost, almost always one of the first to kind of get in there and kind of delay the first guy. So, his heat map looks very different than a right back because he provides so much balance. Right. And that's so important. So yeah, Beta I think had a great game. Uh, it was our first uh, YouTube TV broadcast. What? So I'm gonna get to what we had I here. I have my YouTube TV hoodie on today. That looks nice, I'd like to have yeah. one of those. HQ. Okay, I got yeah, you, uh, you know where it is, come on. I got this old black sports coat. I know you look stuff. fancy today though. This I like one it. I haven't worn in ages. It still fits okay. I got this, this is actually an Armani. I usually wear discount. Jackets, but this is one like uh, Armani, 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 or like Armani, Armani with a Y. This is a three thousand dollar jacket, but bear with me. It was at a thirty percent discount, and it was in Beverly Hills. This was years ago, so I was like, all right, it was like down to two thousand. So I I put it on the back rack. I came back two months later. It was there, and it was down to eight hundred bucks, which is still was out of my yeah. But I had to get it, and my because my plan worked, mm -hmm. and now I'm still wearing well, it. So it's basically paid for. At Max Bredo shopping tips on. Uh, where, where are you? You're in Beverly Hills or Beverly Hills. It was at Barney's in Beverly Hills, oh. which I shouldn't be in anyway, especially two in the afternoon on a Tuesday, but that's what it was. It's in downtime. But anyway, first YouTube TV game, Rodolfo Landeros, who is a rock star everywhere he went, uh, people wanted photographs, and he is a lovely guy, and it was really fun to call a game with him. We were up there, and then Guillermo of Jimmy Kimmel Live came up. Who he's a regular now. Now he's a regular. So uh, we did what we thought was the right thing, 
and we gave Guillermo a headset to call some of the game. And this is how it sounded. The stage is yours, Guillermo. All right, here we go. We have a corner kick. Here comes Bella. Bella is going to have a kick the ball in the middle. Here comes a corner kick, and wow, almost. We all... There's another corner kick. One of the defenders blocked it. Hey, good eye. Yeah. I'm learning from the best. His name is Rodolfo Landeros. He's the best around right now. Yeah, I told you Rodolfo was a big deal, but I, I, even then, he, he was kind of setting me up. Yeah, I mean, can, he's like, I'm here. I, I wanted, I needed the ISO cam on Max's face. My right, head right definitely when, went down. When you were like, oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, I was what? like this. I was like, okay, uh, give me that headset back. I hit the bricks. What was, what was Rodolfo's? Uh, uh, reaction. He's just, he, he's just the most. He's just a lovely guy, and he was full of affection. He said it. Uh, he put everything over. He was so complimentary of what we we're doing, what I was doing, what our TV do. Just everyone. He was just, just a really nice guy. Awesome dude. And uh, breaks a lot of stories. We wanted to talk more about Carlos Vela on the pro on the podcast. I mean, on the broadcast, but uh, and what he and his role with Mexico or whatever that might be. But it was just the game was just too pulsating. We didn't have a chance to do it. And then we have Guillermo in there. Yeah, that kind of ate up it the time. Takes over. If you, want to get, if you want to get back up there, pal. All right. We'll be back on Inside LAFC when we return a closer look at the goal. The Walker-Zimmerman goal that has really lifted again the city, this franchise, and put LAFC at the top of the standings. Back here on Inside LAFC and uh, one of our many moles, although I can't really call him that. Uh, <laughs> He's kind of love that he called him security Paul uh, with some story I would like to break here on Inside LAFC. Apparently, Walker Zimmerman took Carlos Vela's parking spot, and Carlos Vela let Paul know about it, and uh, that's what happens, I guess. So He's man of the match. Gets mad at the guess, match. But I guess you know, you get a big head, you just feel like you do whatever you want. <laughs> The captain's got to lay down the law. The parking situation at the Performance Center has become really just enlightening, and it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty a cool. soap opera of its own, I yeah. really feel like. <laughs> it's, a, it's tight quarters. They do, they make, the th well, another thing I love about the club, whether it's the stadium, it's the Performance Center, wherever, they make use of space. Oh, yeah. It's, they're very Dutch in that way. You know, it's very practical and stuff. I mean, there's the field here, and it's not like this exorbitant, and I, I love that. It's simple. You have the one. They're going to build some more fields here at some point. Mm -hmm. They have one field. And I've been to other performance centers where it's endless fields yeah. and this and dome. But this is LA, man. We're I know, in the city. I understand. I understand. But there is, I think there, it feels like that's design and everyone's close to each other and you cross everyone. It's not like you have to, hey, you have to go see so and so. You have to do an 800 yard walk. They're there. Yeah, no, they're definitely right floor, down the street. It's open floor plan. Everyone's here. It's a, it's a family. There's no secrets. Well, there are there's no secrets in sports. But it's an open floor plan here. And the same thing with the stadium. You get around. And I know it's L.A., but I really, that's, I really dug that. Uh, the parking lot is part of that as well. Okay, so the goal. Parking lot tales. <laughs> I'll bring it to you every week if you every want week. it. Uh, we'll get a sponsor for that. Um, so the goal by Walker Zimmerman. And I, the biggest thing is, you've I, I, had a chance to talk to Walker, is... Did it take a deflection? I, I, I want to say no, but the Holt had his leg down there. It looked like it was going to slide up. And the way the trajectory went is one of the weirdest balls I've ever seen go into the back of the net. Yeah, so, and you had it because it's the center, center back doing it. Well, that's why you think about the deflection, right? And Walker's been forthcoming since the press conference saying, yeah, I think it took a deflection. But now he's kind of 
hedging his bets a little bit more because, uh, and I'm with and him. And now taking well, parking spots. Our, our fantastic video staff has it, tracked it very well, has it in slow motion. And I watched it seven, eight times to try to see where Me the deflection too. is. I can't, I can't, I can't see, see it. it. And, and if I look at it too, when it comes off his foot, it was gonna knuckle. Like he, had, he hit it clean. So there was gonna be some, some movement on the ball anyways. I still think, yeah, I mean, if Walker's saying there's a deflection, but he's, he's saying he's watched the video and he, he's not sure where it happens and how it happens. The one thing, the, the greatest thing is, and I, and I don't know if people have seen this, watch the video again, it, the YouTube broadcast. Before the ball even crosses the six yard box, Beta has his hands in the air. Yeah, he's like. He knows that it's going in. Although, I thought you, I, at first I thought I'm he was ask asking him, for the ball. Yeah, yeah, I want to ask I'm him. If, yeah, I want to ask him if it was a classic, like, why did you pass? Ooh, yeah. That's to, a great question. So We've I'm gonna ask, get to that. I want to ask him that. But what do you think, Max? Is it deflection? I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't see it, but maybe it hit like some air current. But it was weird. One thing is interesting is Zimmerman, there was, there was a lot of set pieces, a lot of corner kicks. So he was up a lot, but he, he would stay in the attacking yeah. end a fair bit. I mean, we've seen that in the past, but it seemed. Maybe because I was calling the game and I was looking, I go, he's up there a lot. He's looking for a goal. So it didn't catch him by surprise. And maybe it did him well in the final strike there. Well, we talked about it a little bit. Javi, Javi Perez's introduction of the game allowed Walker. I mean, they really weren't attacking, especially down a man. They were like, we've got nothing we're left. We, so they say, yeah, Javi, you can probably sort out with Edward and, and Eddie. Um, and Javi's spraying the ball around. What's interesting, though, is, yeah, Walker goes up there. And, and they talked about this even in that playoff game. They kind of got out of their game where they're sending long balls and trying to see if they can find Walker's head. And they're kind of doing that. And then they figure it out. Oh, no, why don't we play it to Walker to do on the little quarter turn, have him blast a shot, which is, thank, thank, thank God. But it was, it's just one of those weird things. I would say this. If it did deflect, it still had a lot of power on that ball. It did. Yeah, he hit that sweet spot. Much like Dio hit it against Sporting Kansas City, he hit that center of that ball and boom. Yeah. And it gave it, it like, it was like a defibrillator. Every last bit of his legs went into that shot. But Max, I, I want to, I want to, you normally get to ask me a lot of questions. I want to, I want to turn the tables a little bit. I'm tired of asking questions. Yeah, yeah podcast five. I want to answer some, I want to answer I questions. Know. Let's make Max a star for a second. I, I want to know. <laughs> for a second. I want to know what it's like. Well, you know, I'm here, so. <laughs> I want to know what it's, I, I'm honestly curious about this. And I. When I was putting together the rundown for, for today's podcast, I was like, you know, we don't talk enough to broadcasters about what it's like to call the last minute. And my first question would be, last minute goals, is that the, is that the pinnacle? Like, especially for, that a, stadium it is. for a soccer broadcaster, we, do you plan anything? Do you have some set lines? I, I, I think I used to. I tried to get away from that because it felt very contrived. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys when you can, you can tell when they're like... They don't have, you know what? I, I will say... Um, when uh, Joseph Martinez had the record goal, I, got, I had the thrill of calling that for ESPN. It was Orlando, Atlanta. And because of the historical significance, and it was a few, I, I said, don't do it, don't. And I said, I want to write, I want to script that. And I had that there in case. I rarely do that, but I figured I wanted to hit the points of it. Because you want to give context right away. Um, you don't, I mean, you can make some noise and hoop it up. And I did that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think you want to, there was so much meat on that bone to talk about, hey, it's his first goal, it's another uh, stoppage game winner, uh, it's another comfort behind win. So there's things you want to share to give it, to prop it up. Not that it needed much, but so no more outside of that rare opportunity, you, you rehearse something. It's got to be, you got to try and be organic. But when I did it in early days, you would think of stuff and you go, oh, well, I'm going to do ACDC lyrics and you know, I just, 
You got to do it and let it be uh, that visceral reaction to to what you saw. And I, 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 that's what I think. Is I was thinking about. Was I thinking about it? I go, no. Do you think Walker Zimmerman's going to hit it from there and score? If there's a free kick, you can kind of ramp up. But that was good, and that's a, it's it's better when it's a better feeling when it's unscripted. You're like, oh, because you're just reacting, and it's once you can free yourself and be of any script or mm -hmm. stuff, it's a lot more. It's a lot better. But I think you have to get you have to put the, the reps in to get to that point where you're comfortable. I'm also wondering what like how you come down from it because. A little little nod to maybe Will Ferrell in old school. Remember yeah. when he does the debate and he kills it? And then they go, how'd you do that? He goes, oh, I, just, I just blacked out for a second there. <laughs> do, do, you, do you kind of black out and just, it, does, does it just flow? Yeah. Especially when you don't have something planned. The emotions just right. kind of flow. And then do you go back and listen and go, did that noise come out of my mouth? Yeah, it did. It did. I think you just want to talk. I mean, the stadium tells you what happens. That place, I mean, it was electric. So maybe I... I, I, I you want to say more, and then sometimes you just want to duck out there and let just sit there and soak and hear that stage so you can be the fan as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. When you say that you want to talk forever, you just go, oh, but then you also want to just, so I think I ducked out in time. Yeah, especially with the crowd noise, right? You want, yeah, you you want, want to, to get the, some of the ambiance and some yeah. of the vibe, right? So that's, it's, you know, share it with your fan, take your headset off and go. Do you have, a, fav do you have a favorite? Uh, goal like, call? Yeah, goal call or any, any kind of last minute, like one that you can think of. Well, the, 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 I think the most significant one I did was the 2007 Gold Cup final with Bailey Failhopper hit the goal. Mm -hmm. It was not at the end, but I think because of the, the magnitude of USA-Mexico, it was pretty cool. Our good friend Benny. Yeah. Did you ever talk to Benny about that? This is, this is in, in small doses, but I didn't speak it in more and we should have and you know, call me a bit, call me a bit arrogant, but when I first got this LAFC gig, I was trying to do like a whole like 30 for 30 of that game and that call because we had both parties. <laughs> Nobody would have watched that. I would have. You're gonna bang. I, I, I miss Benny. something smaller. I, I love Benny because Benny yeah. could, he, we could put Benny here. It was Benny a great here. moment for me. It's all about him. I just wanted to. Well, we could put Benny here in this room, just turn on a camera and he could do like a three hour podcast and I would listen to yeah. it because he can, and the only person I think could have a conversation by himself for hours. Yeah. So I so when he comes back, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey Benny, remember when Max called that that goal? I wanna I wanna talk about it. You know what? Um, there, I think broadcasting game, the stuff that you remember the most, I just popped in my head. It wasn't, and it's for a different reason. I was doing like a Coppa Italia game. I worked at Fox. We did it off a of monitor. So now, you you're speaking, a, now you're speaking my language. We what didn't do we got have here? research or anything. It probably it was, wasn't Juventus. They didn't no, win no, a lot of Copa Italia's back then. It was like Parma Roma and Brescia. Okay. Roberto Baggio was playing. I think it was at the tail end where he was playing oh, for Brescia, right? See, yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, Divine what's going on? And this referee comes out and he starts talking to players. And Baggio goes, <gasps> and he drops on the floor. And then the other guy, he's like, what? And then everyone talks and guys are grabbing each other. And they all walk off the field. And... Like, what just happened? So I'm like, my brother, we saw him here at the Coppa Italia, and then this researcher runs in, and then uh, one of the teammates of Brescia Baggio's was driving the stadium, and was killed in a car wreck, and I forgot the name. But being there and reporting that news and just seeing why that reaction kind of put in the pieces together, wow. that's always the one that stays with me. Yeah. Because it just was, and then you walk out and go, well, we'll stop the broadcast here, but I'll never forget Baggio's face. It freaked me out because I didn't know why, what would cause that reaction, and later I found out why. Because I guess he was that was his his best friend on the team, and to see him being told that, yeah. Sorry to bring it down. On and here it is. <laughs> well, I'll bring it back up. Roberto Baggio, you know, without a doubt, is the reason why I continued to play 
soccer as a, as a kid. You know, yeah. when people, if you love Baggio, he's your favorite. Yeah, he we, lived out here in Orange County. He's putting up that that. It's the it's the the Hindu uh, school. With so now Baggio within grasp. Never met him. Del Piero comes to our stadium all the time. Never met him. What? When he said that Del Piero was there, he goes, you didn't tell us this? You guys, there's, I, there's no love for me, right? No, Baggio, he wasn't at the stadium. He was, he was at I know he was at the stadium. I'm just saying there's just all these misconnections for, for Vince's childhood. And If you see any of these Italian greats at Bank of California Stadium, uh, bring them to the press box. The press box, please bring them. Up. We'll make it worth your while. We'll give you some of the we'll wonderful. Bring some tissues. I'll cry. They're going to come. Everyone's going to keep coming. I will. I mean, Baggio. Who would be your number one to see to walk through that door? I mean, if Del Piero, because my, we'll give a quick minute on Vince's story. Uh, Baggio, uh, the 94 World Cup is probably my first soccer memory. And it's funny to think that he missed that penalty. I was still like, that, but that's my guy. That's my dude. And he played for Juventus at the time. And that was when we couldn't find out anything about any clubs, anything. Yeah. You know? And so I, would, I still remembered, oh, yeah, I like Juventus. And I would just read in the in the back of the Soccer America. That was the only way I could follow the team, back in the Soccer America. So then I was like, where's Baggio? He's not there. Little did I know, he, they got rid of him after the World Cup. Not after the World Cup, but that year, that season yeah. after. Um, and I just kept seeing another name, Del Piero, Del Piero. Juventus wins, always 1-0. Juventus wins 1-0, Del Piero, or sometimes it's Don. Um, and then Del Piero became my guy. So I, my love for Juventus is spawned by Roberto Baggio, but Del Piero is the one that took it the rest of the way. Okay, I did meet Baggio once. Uh, remember The Miracle of Castel de Sangro, the book by Joe yeah, McGinnis? Yeah, fantastic book. Well, Joe, who wrote it, who, the late Joe McGinnis, was out here in LA, and he was invited by Baggio to go to that university. So Joe, because of my days at Fox, we kind of got back, we had lunch, and I got to see him. He was, hey, was Baggio. I thought, ah, it was like three seconds, but it was pretty cool. That's, that's all you, that's all I, I needed more. I didn't need it, but he just- I'm he, not he an autographs cool. guy, I'm a picture dude, or even just a handshake and just, I, I want to be that guy that goes, you, you changed my life just so they could go. Hey, or you, be that guy that goes, what happened yeah. in 94, dude? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> People forget that Baresi also missed a penalty. How dare you? Yeah. Don't you ever bring Franco Baresi in a, in a dark light into this podcast. Well, Max, I, I think I've learned a little bit more about you in our, our last minute calls. Is there anything else, is there anything that I missed? Wait, like, who, does somebody get on the headset and go like, good job, Max? Like after that happens, does Bernard get on there and go, no, you nailed not it? Not Bernard. No? No. What about Rodolfo? Make sure you look at camera too. Rodolfo was lovely. Um, my old boss, Dermot McCarr, used to say that. You'd have a good broadcast, you're like, yeah, it was good. Nailed it. And then he'd come in, he was Scottish, he goes, remember, Bretos, you're only as good as your last broadcast. I go, hell, thanks. <laughs> it's true, because you're going to do it again the next time. It's true. Don't blow it. When is the next YouTube broadcast? Might as well plug it. April thirteenth against FC Cincinnati, who are now coming off back-to-back -back wins. So it's at San Jose at DC United, and it doesn't seem like we have a lot of YouTube TV games. But I'll tell you this: they're going to be coming thick and fast. And part of the YouTube TV is because LFC is in demand nationally, and that's a good sign. So I'm yes. glad. Uh, I know the folks at Univision are pumped to have. I'd love to be calling LFC San Jose this weekend. That's a big game. San Jose strong. That's. It's a natural rival. Yeah. It's a trip. A lot of LAFC fans expected to be there. Been seeing a lot of San Jose uh, social media churning out the beat LA, so. Bring it. It's happening. San Jose, I look forward to them being better. Right now they're not there, but you never know. This could be, you don't want that slip on the old banana peel. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna continue on. We got any more, we'll, we'll save stories. We have, all, we have all the time in the world, yeah. as Louis Armstrong used to sing. Yes, of course. We're going to be back. Uh, a lot to discuss. We're going to talk a little March Madness and why uh, Madness. Madness. Maxness. 
March Madness. Slam Jam Bam. We'll get that. We'll continue. We'll, give you, we'll talk a little MLS discussion. We'll preview the game with the earthquakes this weekend. This is Inside LAFC. Subscribe. Inside LAFC here, we are trying some new segments here, and uh, also speaking very low because of the acoustics in this room, but I think I got a nice uh, timber going. I have a naturally yeah. low voice. Sometimes I talk like this because I get excited, as I did. Ah, Walker! Crack the audio. I think it's one it of the me. only perks of me being sick is I've got a much more of a baritone yeah, I going. I thought I was getting sick today, but thankfully it may just been a false alarm. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, not too much into that. Why don't, why don't, we, why don't we introduce a new segment? Actually, I'll do it. I'll introduce a new segment. Uh, this segment is called Convince Me. I can't... Stop. <laughs> I know. Uh, first of all... Yeah, that's, it's a pun. Max and I both are not... We like puns in a cheeky way, but we're not huge on them as segments. Uh, yeah. Well, if you build a, a, a business on a pun name, <laughs> you guys... I mean, that's... You got some issues. We're giving time to this pun only because it's been clamored by the guys that came up with it, who are two dudes from our PR team, Alonzo and Diego, have said, guys, you need, you need something, Con convince me. Vince, your name is in it. I go, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. Um, so this segment is convince me. You're going to convince me, Vince, okay. um, why I should watch the NCAA tournament because I have not watched a single and, and, second. And I've been tweeting a fair bit as I watch. All, it's all you've talked about when you've come into the office. At least first, it's hot topic. You okay. run in saying, hey guys, did you see? First of all, my, my university's in there, and they aren't always there. Florida State, uh, Sweet 16. If they can make it to the Elite Eight, they have to beat Gonzaga. I don't think this is convincing you right here. No. I will go down, they're in Anaheim, so I'm gonna go down and check it out. And we're trying to get a big Florida State crew to go there. It's a lot of fun. You wear your shirt. All right, we're gonna, call, gonna, be small. We're gonna call that your warm up. Okay. Okay, so Max got a good, he's got a good oh, lab. Oh, minute. So, right. no, you're not, so yeah, introduce this. Here's how we'll do it. I'm gonna get put one minute on the clock for you. I'm gonna tape it on my phone. You're gonna one minute to convince me why I should be watching what I'm missing out on. So, ready? Okay. One, two, three, go. All right, Vince, I can't convince you because as much as I love the NCAA tournament, uh, it hasn't been really good this year. It's been blowouts. So I gotta say, with, to be 100% frank, that the first round of the NCAA tournament is the best because there's so many, there's a volume of games and you can switch to the good game and the bad, and there was a bit, but once that's over, it's kinda, it could, it'll probably, the good thing is now you have all the heavy hitters remaining. But I would say NCAA tournament's been third fiddle this weekend, uh, for me sports-wise, behind Walker Zimmerman's amazing goal, which was the best moment, only topped by Maxi Bredos hitting a game-time free throw in overtime to help the under-10s of the Hermosa Beach Youth Basketball League. You can see the footage of it on my, uh, on my uh, Instagram, mbredos, but that was uh, amazing. Those two moments were better than anything I saw in the NCAA tournament. Uh, too much uh, refereeing, so you're not going to want to watch this. I mean, it's too much officiating, too many video reviews. Uh, it's, it's been an issue. I might stop watching it. I might do stuff with you on the weekend when the tournament's around now. I was, uh, I'm a buzzer beater. You got it just under 56, there's just under 57 seconds. Buzzer beater, good use. Um, I don't want to drag, I cannot drag you there. You'd be like, you would say, dude, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been great. It hasn't been great. Maybe it'll get better. That's what I would say in closing. It hasn't been great, but the law of averages say you'll get good games on the back end. You want to know why I don't want to watch? Because that minute that I just did was a real minute. In an NCAA tournament game, a minute takes an hour. Well, the the, the end, final minute of every game is timeouts, TV timeouts, free throws, fouls, jump balls, whatever else. I can't do it. I do not like instant replay. 
I don't. I think that's going to be right here and there. By and large, I can live with that because the pedantic game killing and the over officiating, and not only that, wrecking the officials that are calling the game, that, that, that has a reciprocal effect. I'm not into I, I'd like to be into it, but when I look at everything, I would probably prefer a world with minimal replay. Maybe not no replay, but minimal, minimal replay. Right, well, including in soccer. I'm going to say the first segment of Convince Me was a success, although your argument was a failure. Okay, but maybe we'll do replay as the next Convince Me. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll talk a little maybe bit I'll about, about VAR. Or next week we'll talk about how, why we should get rid convince, convince him. Convince me to keep Convince Me and submit a topic. Okay. All right. Uh, this is not Tell us what we're actually going to watch this okay. weekend. Convince Me LA at San Jose. We are. I'm already all in. You don't even need to. It's all right. This is great. This is a rivalry game. San Jose have been... They don't have a lot of good players. Matias Almeida, exciting coach hire. Chris Armas uh, did say he loves the fact that he's here and he brings the standard up. Right now, they're a long ways away, but if Almeida can look at the players, and remember he has good connections in Mexico, yep. great connections in Argentina, two areas where good players have come to Major League Soccer, and if they loosen the purse strings, this will be good, and that's good. I want, I want LAFC to have good rivals. I want the Galaxy and San Jose to be competitive mm -hmm. so those games are even bigger. That's great for everyone involved. Trust me when I say that. I know you want these teams to struggle and we'd like them, but it's good when they're all doing well. Yeah, we those three in particular because those three are the California mm -hmm. teams. They're, yeah, in, in specificity we want three points. But in the general terms, yes, more coaches, more ideas, more world-class caliber coaches. I mean, Almeida, is, when, when he signed, I, I thought that was great. World-class player in his day. Yeah, world-class player. You have a double. Yeah, That's like a Simeone type. Mm -hmm. I mean, Simeone's certainly... Fantastic player, has the allure, and I think you nailed it on the head, too, when, when you say, you know, if you're going to bring in a coach in San Jose, the one thing they said was, we want to bring in a coach, and we want to change the culture. So you're going to have to say, in order to do that, he's going to have to get his players. So you're going to have to give him time. They're going to have to have a few windows. He's probably just trying to sort out who's going to stay, who's going to go. He had a very specific system, very, very specific uh, from his days at Chivas and even prior words. It's a physical 1v1 man mark type system. I mean, I look at guys like Erickson and things like that. They're not, that's not their jam. No, there's, there's guys that are okay on a day. You can't, I don't know if you can rely on them. And he's got players from uh, a while back that are signed by other coaches and, and regimes. And, but... Regardless, throw that all out. I am excited about this game. Yeah. And if I was a fan from LFC, and you can go, we know a lot are going up there. We don't have a specific number. They're going to go up there. This would be a great game to go. It's a trip you can I've stay heard, grounded on on a bus. I've heard ahead. upwards of 500. I've heard more than that. Yeah. Well, I'm being, I'm being, General, but I'm then, hedging my bets there. Uh, but and I've then heard if you're San Jose fans, I know you're frustrated, but this is a good one to come out to as well. If there's earthquake fans listening to our podcast, welcome. Yeah. We're not, this is, this is for everyone. There's no, um, no secrets here, though. Yeah, well, where else can you hear about... You've come to the wrong place for the secrets. Where can you hear about Roberto Baggio here? Yeah. I mean, that's a universal topic. But um, if you look at this, uh, at this game for San Jose, this is, I think they're going to they're gonna get rallied to do it. So that's a, that's a great little stadium there. Uh, intimate, much more intimate. I think it's 18,000 mm -hmm. seats. And it's going to be, it's a good backdrop for the latest chapter of a rivalry that's already bore some fruit, certainly for LAFC's perspective. So this is good, but I think that's why it also makes it a dangerous game as well, because this is like San Jose. Okay, we've stunk oh, this team unbeaten coming in. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for them. And they made, uh, made pretty quick work of LAFC when they came in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, they were, and that's exactly the way they're going to play again. So LAFC needs to know this. Is, I think the two things to highlight in this game. 
yes, you have to go to DC after this, which is probably what are on some people's minds because that's two top level teams in both conferences. But you can't overlook this game, so you're going to need to make sure that you're ready for this match and ready for the style of play, the mentality that San Jose is going to bring in. They're going to come in charged up. They're going to come in hot on your heels. So basically, you're going to have to be clean with all of your touches. You're going to have to have ideas before you get the ball because if you don't, that man's going to be right on top of you and he's not going to be afraid to put a tackle in. And he's going to put a, he's going to put a heavy tackle in too. So LAFC is going to have to be mindful. This is one of those, <laughs> we're going to get into narratives again, right? Classic trap game. Yes. Watch, watch. They'll, maybe they'll come. Hope, I hope LFC comes out and boat races them 4 0. But this does, seem, this does seem like the type of game where if they're not in the right mindset, San Jose is going to really hurt them. But I, I, I think, though, what bodes well is the fact that they did see this in preseason. And Bob can kind of look back and say, hey, here's the tape again from preseason. Do you remember this? They, they were tight to you every time you got the ball. You have your back to goal, there's going to be a man a step behind you, you're going to hear footsteps all over the field. So that's the thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to be very tidy and organized again. It's going to be a different type of organization to the RSL game where RSL was very much a unit. These guys are just going to go one-to-one -one and they're going to come right at you. Right. I haven't done my full thing. Chris Wondolowski still looking for that record. We're still on Wondo watch. I mean, they only have two goals this season, so. <laughs> so maybe, I mean, you never know. Maybe you know, he gets a little bit closer. Maybe he's able to achieve that, but that's part of the... Uh, that's part of the storyline here, and I, I remember his face when that 4-3 result, he, was, he had one of his better games and he went off and then he sat from the bench yep. to see it all go horribly, horribly wrong. Well, I believe he was a substitute in the game. Was it's, it the 4-3? Yeah. That's he came out and they came off at the he, end. Or he came on... He came on. He was on the bench at the end. Was he on the bench? Okay, then he yeah. came off. But he had two goals, so yeah, and they were two decent goals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's another narrative that plays into it, though, too. I'm that telling you, man, match. A, this is a budding. Man, I wish we were going to call this on YouTube TV. Yeah, it's a budding rivalry, and I think regardless of where look, rivalries are regardless where teams are in the standings. I, I don't totally buy into the whole. Well, both teams need to win some games for it to be a rivalry. You can still have some animosity yeah. on the field. LAFC has put in some time already. Uh, obviously, with Real Salt Lake now, the Dynamo, Timbers, Galaxy. We wait, but they put three games in last season. That's a, a, a good body of work. Already one game that is probably going to be remaining, unfortunately, from LAFC's perspective, in legend and lore in Major League Soccer for the next 20 years at the very least. So it's, they've put in the time on these teams. Well, hey, man, we came in hot into this league, unashamed of who we were and what we brought to the league. We have a style it of play. It turns some people off. That's why yeah. LAFC's a target. Well, we have a style of play. We have a manager that's very resolute in what he wants to do. Um, and then on the other side of it with the fans, like they're, they're loud and they're, you're not going to quiet them down and they're going to show up and they're, I mean, they flew out to New York. Yeah. San Jose, if they could get that many people to New York, the bus trip to San Jose. I'm telling you. Well, we heard the fans at Yankee Stadium for the whole game, the yeah. LAFC fans. You heard them from the MLS offices. I was like sitting there going, <laughs> is, that the, that, is that the Diego Rossi song? It yes. Is. Oh, Diego Rossi, he scored the first goal against the Sounders. That'd be a good goal call, but then I'd have to give, I'd copyright things. I probably yeah. shouldn't have sang it there. Yeah, don't, don't give away, don't give I away our tunes. Congrats by the 3252 on the new chant. We heard how it started in the, basically in the ta tailgate. Yeah. And what we loved about it, um, this is, we all talked about it in our, our meeting on Monday uh, at, at LAFC HQ, the other HQ, the offices, I've called. And the fact that it started and 
out of something, out of an idea, and the, the South End was getting into it. Mm -hmm. That was great. I mean, same as, so obviously the, the champ before that, everyone, Jump for LA Football Club, is what everyone's been kind of latching on latching Not on to. Not sitting on their that. laurels. Yeah. Say, you could, you could, you could, that could have a shelf life for a while, but you're uh, like, no. But what amazes me is just what you said. That somebody comes in, says, hey, I got an idea for a chant. So everyone kind of buys in. The thirty-two fifty-two make it what it is, and then now the stadium is saying, "Ooh, I, I'm, I'm into that too." That chant was fire, and we were getting, we, ha, the players love it. I don't mean I, this is made, done out of complete respect to everyone yes. in thirty-two fifty-two. I just want to. Well, we were getting I out, do it with you guys. outside people from MLS and around saying, "Well, what is this?" And we couldn't tell you because we didn't know. You guys surprised us, so thank thank you for that. Those are little gifts to all of us, I believe. See my. And this needs a lot of work, and 3252 is going to get there along with the rest of the stadium. It's like when they, when they do in Italy where the, the Curva Nord and the mm -hmm. Curva Sud, and they communicate, they go da 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 It's got to start somewhere. And then they say something back. If you've ever seen that, it is mind-blowing. It is the, one of the great spectacles in any sport to see these 3,000 fans here, 3,000 fans there communicating and then singing. One day. One day. All well, right. I think, I think that's a good spot. To wrap it up? To wrap it up. We've gone a little long today. I think we're Okay. We're Inside LFC, subscribe. Uh, we'll be back. Thank you for all the support. Wonderful things you've been saying. We know you've been listening. What we see at the stadium. Enjoy two road games. And then April 13th, back at Bank of California Stadium. We'll see you there as well.